You can't you can't hold on to a thought. Thoughts are fleeting. They come and they go. And it's a, it's a stream. That's why they call it a stream of consciousness. And when you're when you're meditating, when you're being mindful during uh, meditation practice, you can hone in on that, and you can you can try to focus because you notice yourself lost in thought. But then when you try to go up in your mind and hold on to that thought, it dissipates. It works like that for everybody. You can't hold mm. on to a thought. The thought the thought's not real. I mean, it's it's there. It's real, but it's part of consciousness, and we don't know what consciousness even is. Not really. That's kind of confusing, I guess. I know. It's like well, so like you can't hold on to it, but I guess after that, it's like a memory because you can remember like what that thought uh-huh. was. Yeah, but that's a, the, that's a new thought. De- <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're killing me. Memories are new thoughts. <laughs> yeah, memories aren't you. real. I got you, know? you. Yeah, you five minutes ago, you can remember that, right? But you're, it's not you anymore. You're yeah. not there anymore. We're we're now. It's a stream. <laughs> it, it never stops, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's a path, right? There is there. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of an answer, but there is no real answer. Like, thank you for checking in with us on this here edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. Before we get started, let's hear from our good friend Shane Presley of Rock Paper Podcast one more time about his event coming up in the St. Louis scene real soon. You're on, Shane. Hey, everybody. Shane Presley here with Rock Paper Podcast. Let me tell you about an exciting event I have coming up on June 22nd. I'll be hosting the Rock Paper Podcast 5th Annual Birthday Show at Broadway Oyster Bar. Uh, This year, I've invited along my good friends, Amanda Fishband. Tony Campanella Band, and Odds Lane. Uh, Music starts at 10. It's an $8 cover for the show. And I will have live art going on from my friend Jessica Hitchcock. And, of course, Broadway Oyster Bar will be serving up all sorts of delicious food and cold drinks all night long. So uh, do not miss this event. It's going to be a lot of fun. I can't wait to see you all there. And if you'd like more information, you can visit rockpaperpodcast.com again june 22nd broadway oyster bar fifth annual birthday show gonna be a lot of fun thanks again to cerebral entertainment podcast thank you james and colt and uh, keep on listening thanks everybody have a great day now for this episode we bring you us colt and myself sit in for this one and discuss things pertaining to the current events of our lives so we hope you enjoy listening to us as we catch up on things so without further introduction here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another edition of the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast. I am James, and with me, as always, is my good friend, Colt. Dude, what's up? Not much. How's it going? It's going. It's just me and you today. I know. And Facebook it's, Live. It feels weird. Yeah. We've got our high-tech equipment out Yeah. for Facebook Live. Yeah, it's called an iPhone. Yeah. On a stand, though, that tripod's pretty uh, pretty high-tech. You like that? I do. It's got the that little bush next to it. What is that bush? <laughs> it's a microphone. <laughs> a I, I never seen an iPhone with a bush. <laughs> I had to pay extra for that. <laughs> it's neat. It's like a seventies iPhone. <laughs> it's awesome. I love it. No, it's it's good to be here with you today, man. I've been needing to get out of the house, and uh, what better thing to do than to come and and talk with my good friend Colt? Absolutely. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, anything new? What's going on? Um, I want to start with you actually because you've been having a shitty week. It seems like as yeah. far as illness goes and all that kind of stuff. So if you don't care, let's start with that. Yeah, let's talk about my crap. Yeah, your crap. It's uh, I've been I've had an illness of some kind. Mm-hmm. It's really had me down in a lot of ways, man. And it's it's brought a lot of things to my attention, such as it's really really difficult to do anything when you're sick. That includes staying motivated, right? To do much of anything. I mean, this, I don't know if it's just, I have, I have worked through illnesses before in my life to where I just, I went to work, you know, I did my thing. Yeah, I was feeling, you know, stuffy or nose runny or even sometimes I was feverish, whatever, had a bad cough, but I could like power through. Mm -hmm. This was not that, man. This is, this has just taken me down like, Mentally and emotionally as well. It's very strange. Really? Uh, yes. It's zapped my motivation for, to do much of anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very difficult to get out of bed. Um, and it's, you know, of course, it's a lot of aches and pains all over the body. Uh, I feel like I'm on the uh, I'm, I'm on the home stretch now. I'm out, you know, because I'm here. Otherwise, I wouldn't be putting myself in your proximity mm-hmm. so as, as to not be contagious. But I don't know that I am contagious. I don't know. I, I guess I, at one point I probably was. I had to get it from somewhere. And I'm around in my job. I'm around a lot of sick people right now. The, the, particularly, the flu A is like running rampant all over everywhere. Really? And, and I, don't, I don't know about the United States, but in Missouri, 
especially in this part of Missouri, yeah, it's it's pretty bad stuff. I mean, it, it's especially in the in the skilled nursing facilities. I don't know if it's everywhere else. I haven't heard much about it in the school system or anything. But at any rate, I've been around it, and my immune system is pretty it's pretty tight most of the time. I can be around a lot of things and not worry about it. But this has not really presented itself like the flu to me, though. Really? I haven't had a really bad cough, a bit of a sore throat, something like that, but just a lot of aches and pains, a little bit of a low grade fever. Um, here and there, not now, but um, before it was, and it's just really zapped my motivation. And so it occurred to me, it's like, man, because it, it almost it, it was ironic because we just talked to Tracy Maxfield a couple weeks ago about mm-hmm. depression, right? And it, it in a lot of ways it felt like that. It felt like um, depression, you know. If really? it, it just felt like I could not get myself out of bed. Um, I could not get myself motivated. I had no ambition for anything. Night. That's interesting you say that. So it's it felt like depression as in something that you felt before or you you just felt the effects that you uh you know that depression has. I, I felt it before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've been through bouts of depression myself okay. through my early twenties and uh, uh haven't haven't really so much since. Not really. I had low mood, you know. And once again, like we talked about with Tracy, there's there's a pretty stark difference between just a low mood, which you know, for some people, low mood can really suck. Right. It's it's very hard to go through, to deal with. But like depression is debilitating, you know, and I'm not saying I was in a, a, like a clinically depressed state, you know, because there are time constraints and things like that in order to be diagnosed, yada, yada, not going to go through that. But, uh, it felt like that. And and still I can look back and it feels like that, you know, it's just that, that loss of motivation, that loss of any kind of ambition to do much of anything. And just almost like a feeling of impending doom, man. And it's tough. And so it just occurred to me I guess it might have been a a spark of empathy or or something like that, but it just gave me some insight as to how hard it is for people. You know, when you're going through something, mm-hmm. whether it whether it's chronic illness, um, something like that, like a sickness, like a physical illness, or whether it's something chronic like depression or any kind of thing like that. Because you know, I've got people in my own life, and I know better, right? I, I've been trained and educated. I know to how to approach people, but when it's people that's close to you in proximity, sometimes you lose that. That's why you shouldn't like as a as a clinician, you should never treat people that right. is like your family or close friends, right. because you lose that that sense of the, those ethics and you know that approach. It it bleeds over into personal as opposed to professional, right? Is speaking of that, because <clears throat> I w- I was actually talking about that uh, not too long ago with my niece uh, because she she's a an our, uh, emergency room nurse and. Uh, I'm just curious, is that a, actually a legal thing or is it just kind of like an ethical thing as far as if, you know, if your mother comes into the emergency room, um, can can you legally treat them or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it goes against the code of ethics, okay. basically. Okay. And I want to say, quote me on that, but I'm almost positive it goes against the actual, there's a code of ethics that you go by when you are, um, say, for, for instance, a counselor uh-huh. or um, a doctor, which I don't know much about the doctors, but a lot of those overlap, right? Uh-huh. Um, I'm almost positive it goes against the actual code of ethics, gotcha. but it's definitely considered unethical because you, you have to have boundaries as a clinician. You have to be able to look at somebody objectively. And and that's that's exactly what I'm getting to. When right. when you have a family member or something like that, you really can't look at them objectively uh, because you know too much about them. You care about them. You even know some of their other proclivities where you might say that you know. And that's another thing I was getting to is like I know some of the proclivities from some of the people who might be like, for instance, they 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 think they need medication all the time. They're drug seeking, right? Is is basically how we call that. Right. And uh, when they're drug seeking. I, it's easy for me to say, well, he or she is just wanting medications, right? As opposed to me saying, well, I know that they're, you know, they're, I can see they're depressed. They they have the symptomology that they're bringing to the table. Objectively, right. me hearing them, right, mm-hmm. it gives me that distance so that I can more accurately judge what's going on. You don't want those. You don't want those boundaries to to bleed over into personal because right. it muddies the waters and you can't really make a. Um, not even a diagnosis, but you can't make a, a proper assessment of, of intervention, what you should do next, right? Mm-hmm. What kind of steps you should take. Um, it, it just works that way. I don't know. So to answer your question, it's definitely unethical. I don't know if le- legality actually comes into that. But okay. when it comes to like the code of ethics, you can lose your license if you don't follow those ethics. If there's an ethical violation, it's not like you're going to jail. There are some things you can be in prison for with a client, but it's not like you're going to jail, 
if, right. if you if you treat a family member. But you you couldn't put your license at risk because you're right. doing something that's obviously not the right thing to do, and so your competency as a professional is going to be compromised. Right? It's right. going to be questioned. Yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's it's been. Uh, kind of a rough road. I haven't been able to make it to the gym, and that's that's tough. It's killing me. Um, there's a there's an emotional mental factor about that too. You know, um, you said you went once though, right? I did. Or attempted to? No, I went. Okay. And, it, and it was a stupid thing to do. <laughs> it was the wrong thing to do. When I got done, and I just did cardio, so I just got on the elliptical. Didn't even go hard at it. Usually, when I get on the elliptical, man, I go I go balls to the wall. Uh-huh. Um, it's just something that I like to do. I like to push myself on that thing. And uh, the the workout itself, it has a structured workout, you know, to where you, you go so long and it gets more difficult and it gets less difficult, more right. tension, less tension, goes higher, goes lower, you know. And uh, usually I, I like to play with that. It challenges me. It's a game. But I just kind of took it easy on this one. And after I got done, my face was beet red. I was just pouring sweat even right after I got out of the shower. I mean, just pouring sweat. Just like it wouldn't stop. Mm-hmm. And I looked in the mirror. And I was like, this this was a mistake. I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> I think I might die. You know. And so it, it wasn't a good thing. But that's that's the thing though. I, I wanted to push myself so badly, but you've still got to be smart about it. Right. You know, so now a week without being in the gym, I feel like I've lost time. You know, you feel like you lose that momentum. Mm-hmm. You know, even when you gotta take a week off just to rest your muscles, just to let yourself grow. Um, I uh it's like that except times 10 because I just feel like I haven't put in the work. And right. so that's another factor I feel like that kind of compounds on top of the fact that uh, I've been sick and, and lack of motivation because I just can't move right and aches and pains mm-hmm. and, and that de- depression, that looming feeling of just crap, crappiness that's over the top of me. Right. So it just, once again, things just stack up on people, you know, and when things stack up, it becomes really, really difficult. And so it, I, I'm not asking, I'm not looking for sympathy myself. Right. It was more of a, it's been an eye-opening moment for me, you know, in a lot of ways too. It even, I mean, I don't know if my head hasn't been right completely, or I know it hasn't been, but I've even just been thinking, man, I've got to take really good care of myself because I've got two kids at home, two little kids, you know, and they're counting on daddy. Mm-hmm. And I've got to be careful with myself, you know, I've got to be careful with myself for them because what if something happens to me? And I'm not there for them anymore. And so these thoughts just start, you know, going through my head and start, you know, ruminating on what what if something happens to me and, and I die, and then I leave these two little ones, you know, w- without their daddy. Mm-hmm. Um, all these things just constantly coming on to me. It's been, it was a very difficult, difficult thing. And, and then, as you know, on top of that, I lost my hot water heater. Well, an element went out, and uh, I was, I had the indication that it was going out, but. As soon as I was, you know, start starting to gear up to fix it, the sickness came, mm-hmm. and then the, the element went completely out, and I haven't had any hot water, and so that sucks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just been, you know, when it rains, it pours. Yeah. I, I'm not complaining. It's just been my uh, my disposition lately. Sometimes I've got really good times in uh, in my life, and sometimes things kind of suck, you know. I hear so, you. and this has been one of those sucky times. But um, the thing is. Getting through it, I think, is another thing. Trudging through, it, it's. I think it, it's probably the most difficult, and you can you can weigh in on this if you would. I think it's the most difficult to trudge along when things are just blah, as opposed to when things are just really good or things are really bad. I think when things are just blase, that's when you really have to just keep grinding and grinding and grinding because boredom might set in or you might think man this this is going nowhere so what's the point Mm -hmm. because when things are really bad it's like man i gotta get out of this i gotta get back on top i gotta get through this and do my thing again of course when things are really good you're riding high you want to ride that way for as long as possible Uh when things are just blase that's that's when you have the 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 highest threat of i don't know falling off the, the track or something like that what do you think about that well, you said earlier that even the the flu like symptoms or whatever that you've had kind of affect you emotionally too. Yeah, and which I could tell that for sure because I've talked I ca- talked to you on the phone a couple of times this week and just you could tell that you know it, 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 that motivation that you've had for the past couple of months really is just not not there right right now. You know. Yeah. And I think that emotional thing is a big a big deal because it's not just you know trying to motivate yourself to get to the gym, but it's also trying to motivate yourself to do everything in life, but it's like your head's not there either. You're, you know, just like your normal mindset, your normal everyday thoughts, like I'm doing this task right now, 
and yesterday this would have been nothing to do. But now it's like you have to think about how to do something, even though it's something you do all the time. Right. You know what I mean? It's just like your mindset's not there. Yeah. So I um I don't really know how to get through. I mean, besides just knowing that things are going to be back to normal at some point, I think that's really in that kind of a mindset. It's like the only way to really push through. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. Going back to what Scott McNally had said, which is going to stick with me, I know, till the end of time, but having faith in the process. Absolutely. I, I think that's one of the biggest keys to getting through times where you, uh, um, where, where it is blase, where you're not seeing progress, you're not seeing results, um, things are just kind of boring or, you know, just day to day normal can sometimes just, you know, I don't know. It, I think you got to have faith in the process. And, and that might even be especially so when you're going through tough times, too. If you think, man, I'm never going to get out of this. Now everything's ruined. Everything sucks. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's the kind of, that might seem extreme or exaggerated, but that's kind of where my mindset will, will venture to. It'll drift off that, that direction here during this past week and a half if I'm not careful. You know, I've, I've got to stay, keep myself on check. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, especially working with people like I do, you know, working in the, in the mental health field, and then uh, having a, a young family at home and all these things, it's it's important that I keep my my faculties on in check and on point. Am I going to have tough times, low times? Yes. So I better be prepared for those, you know, or at least be able to cope with those until I get through. But mm-hmm. in the process, man, it's uh, yeah, the the mental instability can be a train wreck if you're not careful. And so as you as you said, it definitely wrecked my motivation a bit, just my mindset, my attitude. And uh, I know that shows in my behavior. So, but like I said, you know, here I am. Mm-hmm. I, I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better now. And I don't know. I don't know if I've. I, I, I'm sure I've been through a low mood like that during a, a sickness or something like that. But I, I don't remember in recent memory that happening to me before. So, kind of interesting, if nothing else. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm just glad that I'm not really into politics. That we don't do politics on this show. What? I'm, I'm Why? Just, I'm just glad because because then I, I don't know. Oh, you really have to think. Well, no, no, I, I wouldn't. I'd have to take my brain out and maybe kick it around a little bit and, I don't know, play basketball with it and then put it back in my head and come up with some good things to fight about. Okay. No, just because the the uh, the, just the political climate right now is just so, it's so messed up. And the reason I even brought that up is because it, you know, when you're on social media or something like that or even just watching TV, sometimes you you see what's going on. It just as a passerby, and I'm not, I'm not biting the hook. You know, I'm just not going to do it. There was a couple times on social media where I almost did, um, just for the sake of, just for the game of it, just for the sport of it. You know, mm-hmm. but yeah, with with just everything that's going on politically, I'm just glad that we don't do that. And I don't think that I would be so motivated to get on here and and talk about those things. Right. Um, not that people who do, not that there's anything wrong with that. That's good for them. And we've done it in it the past. We've done it in the past too. You know, we have. That's right. It's just, uh, yeah, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I was just throwing that out there because I'm glad. Yeah, I just didn't this know what is, you were is, talking about. I was like, why did you switch to politics? It was po- a curveball. I, I noticed. That, that's what we call a curveball in the business. <laughs> in the business. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. In this business, we uh, sometimes we throw curveballs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I feel the same way. I'm not, uh, I'm, I've never really been that political guy anyways. Uh, but but you mentioned, you know, every once in a while you you bite the hook and you try to throw something out there just to kind of see what the responses are. Do you, that, you just do that for yourself, just for the fun of it? Or do you do it like wanting a response so you can throw your two cents in there? Or is it just a kind of a, I'm going to throw this in there and I'm going to see what happens? Yeah, so that's a great question. I usually have ulterior motives when I do things like that. It's usually not just for fun, although I find enjoyment out of it. And at the end of the day, if none of my other motives work out and it was fun, then I still win, right? right. Yeah. But I still don't do it very often because I just don't want to get pulled in, sucked into that that shit mess, right? right? Uh-huh. But, but no, the Socratic method. The Socratic method is a method of asking questions when you already know the answer or have an answer for yourself in mind but you're trying to it's it's a leading question right so it, it's a learning tool to help others by asking a question you're making the other person think okay that's that's i, I love that that mode of of questioning but it backfires in my face 9 times out of 10 <laughs> right it it hardly ever works can you give an example i, I like the idea it would be tough to do it off the top of my head but just like you know asking a question like 
Yeah, you put me on the spot. Shit, Colt. Okay, maybe not a, like a personal example, but a, an example of that backfiring. Like how would how would throwing something out there that you know the answer to, but the other person you're just trying to make the other person think how how would that backfire? Oh, it just starts an argument of some okay, kind. Okay, they they okay. just they take it personal, or or sometimes I even make a joke out of it. I, I will say something completely and utterly ridiculous, <laughs> and they take it seriously. I got you. Right? Yeah. Uh, I did that not too awful long ago on a, on a political post. Of course, uh, it was uh, something that uh, somebody covered up, and I was like, "Well, I don't see the problem here." And I was being completely facetious, right? Mm-hmm. Completely sarcastic. But then a longtime friend of mine, who I haven't seen in a while, but longtime friend of mine just started going off and saying, well, then you're part of the problem and just started going on this big diatribe about how big of a problem I am. And I was just looking at it, I was like, dude, it was a joke, right? <laughs> but I didn't back down from it then. Uh-huh. I, I continued to question and just kind of stayed in character uh-huh. from then on and let it play out. And eventually... Like I'm, I'm already here. I may as well <laughs> run it out. That's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I just kept going with it. It was, But it was funny to me, but I was shocked because that's, that's not the way this dude is. He's never like that. Yeah. You know? I caught him on a bad day or something, and that's what I mean. Yeah. Leave it to me to, to send out a joke like that on social media the one time that... A dude who's usually fun-loving and laid back, he would never, ever go off on something like that, especially political, I don't think. Right. I caught him on that one day, probably of his entire life, when I made that (laughs) joke. And that's my luck. And Uh that's why I can't do things like that. That's why I stay away from it, because it just usually backfires. Right. You know? And so... I want to get back to you on that Socratic method, but you got to give me some time to think about. It. I had no personal examples or any kind of examples ready to go. Okay, well, that was good um, enough, I think. But it's uh, it, it's uh, it, it's something my grandfather used to use um, all the time. Of course, you know, I, the Socrates did too, but uh, it's something my grandpa used to use all the time, and, and it's just a way to question, ask questions. But the goal is for the other person to think about that question to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like. The way that I see, you know, how I've been on my mindfulness journey for a while now. It's kind of the same thing, I think, with a lot of Buddhist uh, philosophies and things like that. A lot of the, the questions, they're almost like riddles. But to me, the, the, you know, the, the journey is what you're looking for, not the destination, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually the journey that's important. You're not actually trying to get somewhere. You're trying to walk a path, and that path leads you, I guess, to, you know, to death. But right. the path is really where it's at. So a lot of the questions, you know, like, for instance, you know, my boy, Sam Harris, mm-hmm. you know, me and him are tight, right? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm listening, sure. <laughs> I'm listening to his, uh, his app, you know, guided meditation app. And he will, you know, ask a question, you know, as you're meditating, he'll say, and when you find yourself lost in thought, he goes, look, look at the thought and try to keep the thought. You know, when he says that, and this is kind of Socratic right here, it's not a question, but he he already knows what happens. But he's telling you to do it. He goes, where? The, okay, so this is a question. He goes, where's the thought go? And he already knows because when you try to capture a thought, when you try to pay attention to it, it dissipates. There's no way to hang on to it. You can't you can't hold on to a thought. Thoughts are fleeting. They come and they go. And it's a, it's a stream. That's why they call it a stream of consciousness. And when you're when you're meditating, when you're being mindful during uh, meditation practice. You can hone in on that, and you can you can try to focus because you notice yourself lost in thought. But then, when you try to go up in your mind and hold on to that thought, it dissipates. It works like that for everybody. You can't hold mm. on to a thought. The thought the thought's not real. I mean, it's it's there, it's real, but it's part of consciousness, and we don't know what consciousness even is. Not really. That's kind of confusing, I guess. I know. It's like well, so like you can't hold on to it, but I guess after that, it's like a memory because you can remember like what that thought uh-huh. was. Yeah, but that's a, the, that's a new thought. De- <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> you're killing me. Memories are new thoughts. <laughs> yeah, Memories aren't you. real. I got you, know? you, yeah. You five minutes ago, you can remember that. Right. But you're, it's not you anymore. You're yeah. not there anymore. We're, we're now. It's a stream. <laughs> it, it never stops, dude. That's what I'm saying. It's a path, right? There is, there, yeah. I mean, that is kind of an answer, but there is no real answer. Like, he'll also ask, you know, when you, when you notice yourself thinking, look for the thinker. Look for the person. Is there someone behind your face? Is there someone in, in behind your face that's doing the thinking? Because oftentimes, without even really thinking about it, that's how we kind of consider ourselves. There, there's somebody by, in our head that's actually pushing the buttons and, and you know controlling the the levers. Right. But, it, but if when you're especially when you're meditating and you're being mindful and you've had a little bit of practice and you turn consciousness in on itself and you try to find the thinker, 
good luck with that, right? There is no real answer, like, because he says, locate the thinker, where is it at? And he leaves it at that. And so it's this, it's this question that sparks a journey for the individual themselves, because then you start looking for that thinker, you start looking for that witness, that person who is pulling those levers. Right. And that in and of itself is part of the journey. It, it sends you into a, a, a place where you are now searching for consciousness probably for the rest of your life, right? That's the whole point of it. I guess it depends on do you want that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> do you want that in your life? Do you need more to think about? <laughs> There's there's a there's a tranquility that comes with it. There's yeah. a peace that comes with it. it. It's it's a time where you can you know as long as you're being mindful, you don't want to. And it's not for everybody too. If you have some pretty severe psychological issues, I wouldn't advise it. If you have a need for constant um, uh, defense mechanisms, and, and of course I don't know if you would know this for sure without having some some guidance. Uh, if you're already seeing a professional about you know, some of the psychological issues that you have, then right. you'd want to ask that person first. Or if you have some other like high anxieties and things like that, um, uh, where loss of control can trigger um, anxiety attacks, panic attacks, things like that, then you probably want to think twice about practicing mindfulness because it's pretty deep. Right. And you you can you can go down some rabbit holes and, and maybe, you know, get twisted and turned and, and maybe a little bit backwards. I wouldn't say lost. Right. I, I was looking for a way to say around lost because you don't get lost. You, you just you come out in different spots than where you went in. You come right. out in different rabbit holes than what you what you first went into, and that can be kind of a I don't know can be disturbing maybe for some. Yeah, you know I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Because you, if you have a if you have a stark need for control, then you know people that's that's what things like obsessive compulsive disorder is all about people who have obsessive compulsive disorder they have those compulsions because that is their way of controlling their environment right and so they think that if they wash their hands 500 times a day then they won't get a germ that's going to kill them right because they're going to their hands are going to be clean right or if they have to you know check the stove 500 times before they leave the house it becomes debilitating but that is their uh, their attempt to try to control their environment so that they, in fact, don't die, mm -hmm. you know. And that's what the need for control does. We, we have a need to control our environment. That's an evolutionary... Um, it's an OCD thing. Well, it is. It, it, it becomes a disorder when it becomes debilitating, right. right? But long ago, I mean, we had to, even even not so long, even now, you know, we have to, if, if you've got a, a plot of land, right, you've got to tame that land if you're going to build your house on it. And you, you've got you've to dig up the ground if you're going to plant a garden in it because there was already foliage there, but you want a certain kind of foliage that's going to feed you and your family. Right. So you have to tame that. You have to control your environment. And so that is an innate human need. That, or, yeah, it's, it's a need that we have. It's a function that we have as human beings because we're of, of a higher level, we're of a higher order, and we have a need to control our environment in order to survive and subsist. Right. And so those kinds of things become a disorder, though, because I doubt there was any OCD caveman, right, who had to hit the rock five times before he walked out of the cave, and then he kept having to check his, uh, his embers of his fire to make sure they were out. I doubt that happened because they had other things they had to worry about. You know, right. they, they had to master getting food you know, back to the cave, killing that saber-toothed tiger, bringing it back and feeding, you know, their family. So I wonder why we evolved into these disorders. Uh, I think it's because of our society, because of our culture. I, I seriously doubt, I don't know this for sure, but I have my doubts that if you go to a tribal society somewhere, they probably don't have OCD either because they're still, they're still worried about, like, surviving, like, in the sense of having so, to find food. So it's like over time when, when the things that you used to have to think about so much, um, like living and like getting food and things like that. Once those things are gi are given to you, basically, and you don't, aren't fighting for those things anymore, it's like your brain can now take on other things. Right. It's because we've made life too easy. Yeah. In essence, you know, I don't have to worry about finding food because I can go to Walmart or I can go to El Tapatio or I can go, you know, wherever. That sounds amazing. Actually. I know. I'd love some Mexican right now. <laughs> But uh, we, can, we can do that now, and we don't have to go out and hunt for our food, you right. know. Mm -hmm. um, anxiety is a, it's actually an innate, anxiety is, is supposed to be functional. It's supposed to get us to change our, um, whatever's in front of us, change our environment right then to get away from whatever's causing us that anxiety. So whether, it could be fight or flight, right? Fight or flight is an, a physiological adrenaline-produced response that's supposed to initiate 
action like that right. instantly. You either kill that thing or you run from that thing, whatever you think you can do. And so what happens is we don't have to worry about running or, or killing so much anymore in, in our society. I'm just going to use, let's say, America, for instance, the United States mm-hmm. particularly. Uh, we don't have to worry about that so, more, so much anymore. And so we worry about other things, a, a lot of other things out of our control. Uh, that we can't do anything about, and so that's where it becomes a disorder. Anger's the same way. Anger's anger's a, a healthy emotion. It's supposed to get us to change our condition, our circumstance. But what happens is we ruminate, and we don't we don't have to stay busy necessarily tilling the field or, or things like that anymore. Right. And so if you don't if you don't mindfully or, or purposefully fill your head with positive things, and negative things begin to ruminate, then it, you become disordered. And you end up with some kind of a mental condition that you know possibly now has to be treated, right? Right. And so that's that's the state of going back to the politics and things. That's the state of a lot of what's going on right now is that people are watching this shit show constantly going on in front of them, and you know Trump this, Trump that, or you know Hillary this, Hillary that, Bernie this, Bernie that. Um, they're all in the same heap, you know. But we can't actually do anything about it except argue with each other. You know, and right. that that is disordered. We're not causing any change that way. Right. We're not we're not influencing them at all. You know, they could care less about my social media and whether or not I throw out some Socratic questions or whatever, or somebody right. else you know hates my viewpoint and they go off or they think I'm serious when I'm joking. Whatever the case. And then in turn, that's when people start feeling like my vote doesn't matter anyway. So what's the point? Exactly. It, yeah. it starts to th- those those negative. Uh, connotations and, and, and the feelings about those things start to sink in. Right. We internalize them, personalize them, and now we either become heated, we, be, we become, um, uh, we, we separate, we become segregated from our fellow citizens because of our political views, or we just become apathetic and we stop caring. Uh, and by the way, that's, that's me, I mean, for the most part. <laughs> I mean, I, I care, but not enough to, right. to talk about it, to, to argue about it, or even really to... I don't even really share my viewpoints anymore with right. anybody, hardly ever, ever, you know. I like stabbing at some things just because I like kind of initiating a conversation, but like I said, nine times out of ten, it backfires, and something stupid <laughs> comes out of it. So what right. the, I don't, I don't want to cause any more... Any more segregation or, or hatred or, or even just you know anger in in the in society, I'd rather talk about other things that could be helpful. And I think talking about mental health is helpful. Mindfulness, absolutely. Talking about fitness and nutrition, exercise, um, all of those things. Comedy, you know, music. Hello, mm-hmm. um, these things are good. These things are uplifting, and they they don't. They don't uh, separate us. They bring us together. And so that's kind of why I believe that you and I got out of that whole political thing pretty quickly and, and mm-hmm. gravitated toward more positive things to talk about. Right, for sure. Yeah, so. Colt, I know that you've had some things going on. Um, at least you had a thing that kind of caused you to, uh, I don't know, it triggered something, made you want to talk about something. It was just a kind of a story okay. that, or a situation that happened uh, yeah. last weekend. and. I didn't tell you on purpose because I wanted to tell you on here because I thought it would be better that way. I love it, by the way. So we went to, uh, we had this whole day planned out last Saturday to go to the Blues game with some friends, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Blues won, which is freaking awesome, by LGB. the way. LGB. Yeah. Three goals in 75 seconds. I was watching that. Yeah. You were texting me while we were up there. I was like, hell yes. This yes. is amazing. Um, so anyways, so we had this whole day planned out. We st- we checked into our hotel at like three o'clock, you know, started drinking at the bar in the hotel, left there and uh, hit a couple of bars on the way to the game. And then we had like the all you can eat, all you can drink stuff at the Blues game. So, of course, there was some drinking involved there. Yes. So, anyways, we get out, we leave there and uh, like we had this big group of people. We probably had 15 people or so with us. And we left there and uh, everybody else went home and, and left except for us and two, two of our friends, right? So, uh, we ended up back at the hotel, and we're, sit, we're we're standing outside the hotel waiting on our Uber to pick us up to take us to the next bar or wherever we're going to go, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, all of a sudden, I, I'm like, everybody else is in front of me, facing me, and I'm looking, kind of, just kind of looking over to my right, and there's a car that's in the front. It, this guy, it's sitting in a stoplight right here on the corner. There's like three three cars behind it, right? Yeah. Cars just sitting there. Turn the stoplight turns green. 
The car moves forward about three feet and then stops. Doesn't move anymore after that. The th- other three cars behind it kind of go around it and keep on going. So now the... I mean, we're at a stoplight, so there's a cross, like a four-way, basically. So she kind of pulls to the, the girl kind of pulls to the corner and stops there. So, of course, my wife has been drinking, and so is my friend's wife. So she, or uh, my wife first walks down there, even though she's got three of us yelling at her to, to not go down there and find out what's going on. She just goes down there, but she just walks down the sidewalk, kind of looks in the car, and then turns around and walks back. And says, you know, there's some, you know, of course there's a woman in there or whatever. But, um, so then my, uh, friend's wife, she decides she's going to do the same thing. We're yelling at her, get back here. So no, she actually walks up to the car, to the window. The girl rolls the window down after she's like trying to get her to roll it down. Like you can tell she's out of sorts. She's telling her to roll the window down. So I think her main thing was she wants to make sure there's no kids in the car and find out what's going on. Right. Yeah. So we're trying to get the woman to get out of the car and she won't get out of the car. Can't figure out. We can't really figure out what's going on, but like her words aren't making sense. What, you know, when she's trying to explain anything, it's not really working. So me and my buddy get behind the car. We push the car around the curve to where it's out of the way of the stoplight. So we're standing on the passenger side of the car. Finally talk the woman into getting out. She get she opens the door and she gets out, buckling and zipping her pants back up. So I have no idea what she was doing or what was going on before this happened, right? Wow. The reason why we had to push her car was because the the right passenger side wheel had no tire on it. Okay. It was just a bent up rim. That was it. So this, I don't know how long she had been driving that way, and we hadn't noticed it when she had drove up behind us like there wasn't sparks or anything flying but uh there was no tire on her car on her rim at all i don't think it's supposed to you're supposed to drive it that way i don't think so i'm not sure so we didn't notice this until we get the car pushed around the corner that we walk into the front of the car when she's walking around and the front of the car is fucking totaled it is i'm talking the bumper is a v bent and this girl, you can tell, like, her eyes are so big. And she walks around and nonchalantly just goes, I don't know what I hit. I'm, I didn't hit anything. She's like, I don't know what happened. And we're like, there's no tire on your rim. The front of your car is smashed to hell. And you're telling us that you have no idea what happened. Like, we're trying to explain. We're, we're trying. We know she's on something or something's going on. We're trying to explain. It's not not getting to her. Yeah. All she's worried about is we're telling her, you can't drive this car. You need to get a tow truck here to tow it. Mm. This is freaking her out because she thinks the cops are going to get involved if a tow truck comes and picks up her car, right? Yes. So we're trying to explain this. She's not, it's, she's not getting it. Finally, uh, my buddy's like, do you have a spare tire in your trunk? She's like, she had no idea. So she popped the trunk. We got in. There was a spare tire in the trunk. The whole time, me and my buddy are looking at each other like, there's no way that we're going to put this tire on this car and let her drive away from this. That there's, there's no way. But you can't really just tell her that, you know. So we go to grab the, the tire out, and a, a guy had at that point had come around the corner, and he's like, dude, the rim is bent to hell. There's no way you're getting an, uh, you know, this donut on this car for her to drive away or anything. So... I, I don't have an ending to the story because I don't know what happened, which pisses me off because I really want to know. However, um, at that point, we let her know there's no way we there's no way this car is going anywhere. You're going to have to tow it, and we're walk and this is a perfect time for us to walk away from this and mm-hmm. get and get away. Wow! So at at the time that we were walking away, the um, hotel staff was coming in and coming out and trying to figure out what the situation was and everything. And then I ended up just standing there on the corner talking to this guy about the whole situation. And then I found out that this guy was actually a setup guy for Weezer while Weezer was in town. He was one of the guys that actually sets up the stage and all that kind of stuff for him, which is kind of cool. Nice. And I didn't I didn't know if I believed him. So I started asking questions about it. And then he started like like giving me, you know, real information about the band and what was going on and all this stuff. I was like, that's kind of cool. Sweet. Yeah. So then we ended up walking away from that, going to another bar. Because we needed a drink after that, <laughs> and uh, then there, dude, there was this guy in the crowd 
So it's like somehow we ended up in a freaking dance club. I, I don't know. This is so it was I was so out of my element walking into this place and being like shoulder to shoulder with people dancing. Yeah. But there was this guy standing right beside us and he was like trying to lean in. Like first he was trying to do it on my wife. So I, I put my hand on him and I just pushed him away. Just think because he was drunk as hell. Yeah. And I was like, no, this ain't gonna happen. You know, I just pushed I lightly pushed him away, like, no, not gonna happen. So then he does it on my friend's wife. My friend starts, you know, kind of talking to him a little bit about it. Then he starts doing it on him. Like he's like falling, like falling on him in a loving way, uh-huh. kind of like. And I'm like, and I didn't I I was getting pissed, but I wasn't because I was like, I know. He probably doesn't even mean to be doing what he's doing. He's just so drunk yes. that that's what's happening. But it ended up getting to where I had to get up in his face and I had to push him and be like, dude, find another crowd to to do this with. Didn't listen to me for the first couple of times, pushed him a couple more times, and then he finally turned around and walked away. Wow. I was like, I'm going to get in a fight right now. This, yeah. That's what's going to happen. I don't want to, but that's what's getting ready to happen. And that's why I haven't been to a, 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 a dance um, place. Yeah. In a long time, yeah. I just got a little distracted because I saw Mr. Shane Presley saying, "What up?" I did see that. What's up, Shane? <laughs> um, used to go to the the dance the dance halls a little bit, um, but haven't in a long time because whoever thinks whoever thought that's a good idea, a nightclub type of setting where you go and you dance and try to pick up chicks. I love the Saturday Night Live guys, though. You remember those guys? You, me, me, you. You remember that <laughs> skit? Uh-uh. No, I, have I don't to, think I have so. To dig it up. It's a great one. I, I bet you Shane remembers that one, <laughs> but. Uh, Whoever thinks that's a good idea, I, I I don't know what's wrong with you. Either either you like to like you like being in that situation because you like the to get in fights maybe, or you like to show off your old lady or your old man and and then have to argue and and, and try to uh, make sure you have to protect them or whatever. Right. But I can't stand that because when you go into a a nightclub, um, it's always been my understanding that you're going in there for one reason. You're you're going in there to, to pick up chicks or to pick up guys, right? Mm-hmm. Or to or to, to be picked up by a guy or to be picked up by a chick, whatever. However that works. And I hope that's not sexist, but if it is, I'm sorry. That's just the way I've always seen it. You right. Know? Um, as a matter of fact, I think it is sexist, but it's not my fault. That's the way it was set up. And and so if you go into a nightclub and you and you feel offended by that, then I have to question your judgment. I have to question, you know, what do you think you were going into? Mm-hmm. You know, not saying this against you guys. Right. Yeah, you, yeah. you happened in there. I, yeah. I get that. But I've been I've been this way for a long time. Had uh, people in my life who's like, hey, yeah, I'd like to go to this nightclub. And I'm like, why? You know, why would you why would you want to put us in that situation? Right. So that I have to confront some drunk dude who's trying to lean in, right, mm-hmm. and, and trying to you know, and, and he doesn't. He he can't tell his, his ass from a hole in the ground at that point in time, right? right? Uh-huh. And so you can't. It's hard to blame him, but then you do because uh-huh. he's doing it, you know. And so that's that's just a tough situation. I have not been a fan of nightclubs for a very very long time, you know, I, for I that reason. I don't ever. I don't ever do it. I don't ever go into them or anything. And like I said, this we, we just kind of happened into it, and it wasn't. Uh, it, it wasn't. It was fun, but it wasn't necessarily a a pleasant experience. We were in there for maybe maybe 20 minutes and then that situation happened and then we ended up walking out to an outside bar yeah you know so but you know even me like even going to like a local bar here in town now i don't i don't enjoy doing like if 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 you're gonna put me in a local bar i want to be the guy that is in the corner people watching like I'm more I'm more interested in watching the people that are around me than I am actually drinking a beer. Yes. And you know beca- because I know it's one of those situations where I know that the more that I drink, the more that I'm going to become impaired as well. And if something were to arise or something were to happen, I know that I might not have my wits about me to take advantage of what you know, do whatever needs to be done. Right. Not that I I don't want that to happen, but you never know, right? So, yeah, I'm not that that scene I would rather be drinking at home now Absolutely. than to be out and about. You know, craft breweries are are very nice. That's a you know, that's a different scenario. It really a different is different situation. I, yeah. I think that's kind of the answer to that problem. Except for the fact that we don't have any. Well, down here. Really? Yeah. yeah. But just just in general, yeah. you know, that that's an answer to that problem. Because bars, you're right. It's it's kind of the same thing. You know, you you kind of know what you're getting into. Mm-hmm. And it, you got to be smart enough to know that when you drink, your inhibitions are lowered. I don't care who you are. It's the way it works. Mm-hmm. 
you know, man cannot overpower alcohol, it, you know, at least not to some degree. There's going to be some, some tipping point where your judgment is impaired, right? right? You just should not be making any decisions whatsoever. Right. So the best thing to do is to be at home. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, craft breweries are an exception because it's just the atmosphere is just open and it's friendly and it's not dark. It's not meant for, you know, um, it's not a meat market mm-hmm. to come and pick up, you know, the opposite or, or the same, whatever you're into. Mm-hmm. It's just meant to go and drink and maybe, you know, play a board game. Yeah. Something like that. Right, yeah. Petty kitty cats that's running around. Like Elgato. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I, w- I was told that there is a craft brewery going in in Farmington. Well, I would just have to say it's about time. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, but, it, you know, it's one of those things. It's like everything has to migrate. You know, it, it's got to take off somewhere and then kind of move itself in the other direction. And I still don't know that it will succeed down here. I'm not sure that it will. I think as long as they don't overdo it, it'll do okay. Yeah. You can't, you can't try to go too big. You're not going to put a second shift brewery down here. Right. You know, you're not going to put a four hands in the middle of Farmington. It's not going to happen. It's right. not going to work. Right. You don't have, it's just, that's too big of an outfit. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep it small and, and maybe even attach it to something else. Right. Like a smart thing to do, like crown, you know, they, they have their, uh, their, their, brewery down there but it's attached to the winery right and the winery i think is the big draw mm-hmm. and you have the brewery that's kind of on the side i think that's the smart way to do things so if you right. did something in farmington you might have to do something like that too uh, and i don't know if wine is is the answer i don't know if you attach a wine bar to a, a microbrewery and bam you've got it but right something like that but um, as, as far as the lady with the the no tire on her rim um, she was on drugs, it sounds like. Absolutely. She was on something. Absolutely. Um, and she had no idea where she was or where she was going. Mm-mm. Was she young? Uh, How young was I would, she? I would say probably probably late 20s, early 30s. And, and not to try to be too judgmental or, or too offensive, but was she white trashy or was she like not really. young suburbanite type or was she... Not... I wouldn't say trashy. Okay. Um, except for the fact that... Her pants were undone before she got out. Of the there is car. that. And I mean that. There's that. only a handful of reasons why that would be the case. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no, I, I wouldn't say like white trashy, and that's in the sense of like bratty clothes and stuff like that. But I don't know. It was it was just an odd, just curious, really odd situation. I'm, I'm just trying to paint the picture. Yeah, and I wonder at that point in time. Let's let's unpack this for just a bit. Um, ethically, what do you do? I mean, is it upon you at that point in time to call somebody? As in police? Yeah. I don't I don't know. I mean, so like when it comes to what I was saying about putting the the donut on the car, there there was no way ethically that we were going to let that happen. Yeah. Right. Right. Um however I don't know I, I don't know it I don't know if it was all if it should have been on us to call the police. At that time. Now, if it, if it had been a wreck and she was trying to, you know, like we seen the wreck and she was trying to drive away from it. Right. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And she had hit something. I don't know if it was a person. I don't know if it was a deer. I don't know if it was another car that right. she drove away from. I don't know. My main, honestly, my main worry was there was several times while we were, after she had gotten out of the car already, we had talked about the wreck and or she had hit something, whatever she was saying she didn't. Um, there was several times where she had gotten back into the car. Right. And two times she turned the car back on. Yes. And I kept just telling everybody, you guys need to walk, you guys need to step back from this car right now. I was like, there's a 90% chance that she's going to try to drive out of here anyways. Yes. And she will run through you. Yes. Without yeah. even knowing your right. problem. And, and I was like, no, there's no way she's going anywhere. And I was like, she got this far. Yeah. The car still turns on and it still runs there. And she just turned the car back on. There's a 90% chance she's going to still drive away from here because she's freaked out that the cops are going to show up. Yes. So, you know, that, that was my main thing. I was just trying to get everybody to step back away from the situation. And then it just, like I said, at a certain point, we just kind of turned around and walked away. Yeah. Away from it. And it's it's a dilemma because I don't like to get into people's stuff. You Mm -hmm. know, I don't want to, you know, live and let live. Right. But at the same time, what if she does go down the road and hurts somebody else? Absolutely. If she's not watching and there's a, a young family that's that's walking across the crosswalk and she just plows through them. Absolutely. You know, to some degree, I don't know. It, you've got to make some kind of a call there. And so I'm just curious. Um, I, I probably wouldn't have either, especially if there were other people around to see this happening. And, and she, was, she wasn't in any shape, it sounds like, to do much of anything. Right. I, I'm surprised she could even turn the car on. Right. But if she could, that's kind of scary. So that's that's an interesting dilemma to be in. 
And this was where again? Exactly. Whereabouts? Uh, right by the arch. Right by the arch. Yeah. We were I staying goodness. at a hotel, right? Like literally the arch was out our window. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was right in the middle of everything, so, okay. which, was, which was really weird. But uh, something cool. So we were, before the game, before the Blues game, we were walking, we were walking to a bar. And we had uh, six of us, I think. So we're, we walked a couple of blocks down the sidewalk. And all of a sudden we're at a crosswalk. And here comes a golf cart, a six that holds eight people, I guess, because it had two seats on the back, right? Uh-huh. Golf cart come down the road, and he stops and asks if we want to ride. This is like they don't require money or anything like that. It's just a guy that's driving down the road. If you want to give him a tip, that's cool, you know, whatever. So we all like, sure, we'll we'll jump on. We all jump on, and this thing's got some power. Me and my wife sit on the back of it, almost fell out when he took off. Nice. So. I, I felt weird because I'm like, we're in the middle of St. Louis and I'm on a golf cart on the road going through stoplights and everything else, right? And I'm thinking, is how is this even legal? But I guess if the speed limit's low enough through t- you know through the towns that it, it can still be you know legal for that, right? I guess. And then maybe this was just a random guy driving a golf cart. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, so we get to a stoplight and we're sitting there for a while and the, there's a, a line of cars in front of us. And like you just look at the guy and he just looks over to the left. And we just turn and then we just start driving down the sidewalk. And I was like, this is like the coolest thing ever. Because if during the summer, like it's basically like a golf cart Uber because you can, you can go anywhere. And if you can, if you can drive on the sidewalks legally and the road legally and everything too, could you imagine like that Garth Brooks concert or whatever? You just had like 20 golf carts that came through there and just started picking up people and running through. Yeah. It's amazing. It sounds a, like a good investment. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Start buying some eight-seater golf carts. But I've never seen like I've never seen anybody <laughs> do that before. I think I've seen them run up and down. They they probably have some kind of special permission or something to you do think? that. Yeah, I'm sure. Just to try and I don't know, help people out. <clears throat> Maybe ease up on, on foot traffic or, or whatever, you know. Right. But uh it's it's a great idea. It's a great idea. I like the horses. I, I'd like to be <laughs> we did see some of those too. Yeah. yeah. I'd like to be put in a carriage and, and taken to the blues game. <laughs> yeah. Like royalty from the 1800s <laughs> and back. <laughs> Any recaps for the week? How was uh, everything going okay in the gym for you? Any fitness goals that you've, that you've, uh, would like to discuss before we close this thing out? Nothing uh, absolute. Uh, I, I've definitely thrown in some more cardio here over the past couple weeks. Uh, I just started out just, on the low end, like three days a week doing, uh, like an, um, a mile on the elliptical. And nice. then after a couple of weeks, I bumped up to about a mile and a quarter. Yeah. Um, but now it's, <laughs> I don't want to give you any validation, but now that I'm back into it, it, I just find myself doing it more now because mm-hmm. I started out like, I'm just going to do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, not a big deal. Right. Right. First couple of weeks sucked. And after that, I'm like, I'm just going to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, like saw, saw I'm adding more days in and things like that. But it, first of all, why don't you want to give me any validation? <laughs> let's let's unpack that for a minute. Because I know when I say you are right. I, know I do not I, gloat. I, liar. I do not gloat. <laughs> but yeah. It, it's addicting though a little bit, right? A little bit. It is. Yeah. It is. I saw a t-shirt not too long ago that says, do you even cardio, bro? You know, as a, you know, do you even lift, bro? Yeah, it's, I right. thought that was pretty sweet. Because yeah, yeah cardio is a different kind of a different animal. You know, it's kind of a whole different workout. Yeah, and uh, man, I I don't get. I mean, I get some pretty big adrenaline rushes when I really, really um, uh, exert myself in weight training. Mm-hmm. But I get a that runner's high almost every time when I get on the elliptical and I hit a certain point, mm-hmm. man, and that's that's worth it all right there. Yeah. I mean it just it it's it just waxes over my entire body and it's it's definitely the nature a natural reward for, yeah. for that hard work. I love it. Yeah. I'm uh you know, I I was about hundred and thirty five pounds when I graduated high school. So now I'm about twelve, almost thirteen years out out of school and I'm about Sixty-five pounds heavier. Wow! In a good way. Sitting about two hundred. Yeah, I'm sitting about two hundred. And but I've been trying to get to two hundred for the longest time. My before that, I hit one hundred ninety-seven. It but it wasn't 
in a good way. It was, I just ate everything in sight for yeah. quite a while and my joints hurt and I just, I gained too much weight too fast. Yeah. I feel, I feel like, and, uh, you know, my body just wasn't adapting to it fast enough for how fast I was putting on weight. And, uh, so I, I lowered my, I dropped my weight back down to like 178. Um, and then after a couple of years now, I've finally slowly gained weight back up to 200 and feel, and still feel really good. But, uh, you know, summer's coming, so yeah. I want to get those abs back out right? and stuff like that, too. So now I'm trying to throw in the cardio. And also after the episodes that we had with Scott McNally and stuff, I've kind of been messing around with my carbs some, mm-hmm. you know, trying to really trying to hone in on how my body reacts to stuff and all that kind of stuff, too, and see uh, see how can I, I can mess with my metabolism some and Sweet. see if I can't add in more carbs, but with my cardio and things like that, still be able to drop some weight and all that kind of stuff too. So nice. pretty excited about what's, how, how things are going to go. Yeah. I, I find it's helpful for me to have a little bit of fuel, you know, and, mm-hmm. and carbs can do that. You got to have a little bit of fuel to burn to get in there and, and really work hard. Yeah, well, for you know, me, you know, uh, I know you burn fat, but I feel like burning fat in the gym, it, it, you just, it, it's hard for me sometimes because I just don't have that high energy level. Yeah. Well, I know? mean the, um, you know, I, I've I've known a lot, not a lot, but I, I've heard a lot about, um, you know, how insulin affects you and things like that. I don't know if it was the third episode. It might have been the last episode we talked with Scott, which will come out this next week. Um, but, you know, he had mentioned that, like, you know, carbs aren't necessarily a bad thing, but it needs to be the right kind of carbs at the right time of day, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so like your, your quick oats or your rolled oats or whatever, um, and your jasmine rice and things like that. And he was telling us about how um, different carbs affect insulin release differently. So you have some carbs that, you know, you eat a bowl of pasta and your body's just going to start throwing insulin at you for that. And But if you take in like oatmeal in the morning and some jasmine rice <coughs> later in the day and things like that, it's like it's a slower release on the insulin. So your body's not storing fat so much. Yes. You know, th- that's kind of thing. And that's just a, a small recap. If people want to know more about that, li- definitely listen to this next episode coming out. But uh, yeah, so I'm taking those things to heart nice. and trying to trying to take those things and add them to my life and to my body and see because everybody's different. You never know. Right. And trying to have some patience with it too and make sure that I know what's working and what's not after a certain amount of time. It's a great thing about what we do though. We get to talk to people like Scott McNally Mm -hmm. and uh, actually utilize the information too. Right. So it's great to put out on the interwebs for other people's ear holes Mm -hmm. to absorb and for them to use that information. But we also get the benefit of it too, firsthand information. So that's awesome. And yes, everyone go check out the first three episodes, the first three installments of uh, Back to the Basics, A Guide for Growth featuring Scott McNally on our, uh, you can do that on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, Mm -hmm. Stitcher, Google Play, or you can go to the launching pad for all things cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Absolutely. And uh, you can download those and uh, listen to those and listen to them again. And Scott is very knowledgeable and utilize this information that he's got. And I guarantee you, you will see results because this is what this guy does. Mm-hmm. He does fitness and nutrition. And right. That's his life. And I do, I do like the idea. I think we ought to um, look into putting that whole series out again it, all together at some point. Just so... I don't know. I, I like that Monday through Friday thing. I like the, I can get one episode Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and it's all leading up to something. Yeah. You know, start at the very bottom, work your way up to something. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a re-release mm-hmm. in the future. I don't know how far down the road, but in the future, be looking for that. Right. So just more convenient. I mean, it's not too difficult to, to skip an episode and, and, and find the next one, but, you know, I, I do like the idea that it be back to back so you can just listen to it. Bam, 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 bam. Right. We like to keep the variety coming straight to your ear holes with very little work from you, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why you should subscribe to the show and, uh, yeah, just keep it coming. Yeah. You're going to love it. If you love variety and if your friends and fam love variety, then you need to hook them up with the CEP because that's right. what we do. We're all about variety. Mm-hmm. We've got music. We've got comedy. We've got fitness, nutrition, exercise, bodybuilding, all that good stuff. Uh, we've got uh, mindfulness, you know, we've got business, we've got motivation, we've got some things coming up in store that I feel like is going to really, really benefit a lot of people. As a matter of fact, I might be stepping out on a limb here, Uh oh. but I think that it's going to initiate some responses from some people who are on the limb about starting some things, and I think that this is going to push them 
over the over the edge and get them into gear into actually doing these things that they've been thinking about for a while because we're going to have some information coming up on the show with someone who's also very knowledgeable about what he does and I'm not going to give anything away yet it's too soon I, I want to keep dude, this I cryptic had, dude I have you know it's one of those things where you you get so excited about things and you want to but they're not quite solidified yet yes and you're like I, I want to say I want to promote this so bad I want to do this I want to do that and but to me I I I get in my head too much about it, and I'm like, I know that if I actually say something about it, it's going to go away, yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to be able to do it. So, you know, I, I guess that's just a, a superstitious I, some kind of, I guess, You don't right? want to jinx it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe in right. jinx. Yeah. It, I, I can't help it. Yeah. I try not to be superstitious, but I believe in jinx. Right. I've seen it happen too often, Colt. <laughs> but just hang in there, buddy. Yeah. We're, we're, we're going to get there, man. Yeah. Just just cool your jets, But anyways, right? we got, it, it, as long as things go how I expect them to go, Shit's gonna get fun real fast. Yeah, yeah, and we're gonna have a good time for sure. Even yeah. if none of you other people out there do. Guess what? <laughs> we are. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. Right. <laughs> we appreciate everybody out there who is listening, and uh, we've got a pretty pretty solid base out there. We'd like to see it grow. So don't forget to tell your friends and fam about the show. Word of mouth is a great thing. You're gonna hear me say all this over again in the outro, but right, it's uh, so natural for me. I just love to let it pour out. Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> just like that sweat after cardio when you're oh, sick, man. right? That about killed me, dude. About <laughs> killed me. I almost died. Okay, and we're out. Thank you, everyone out there in Cerebral Land, and a special thank you to our new listeners in Bulgaria. I am not sure how you all over there got to the CEP, but we're definitely glad that you have, and hope that you keep coming back for more. Remember that word of mouth is like oxygen to our lungs, so please tell your friends and fam about our humble yet completely spectacular show. Subscribe to the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast on iTunes slash Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or Google Play, and you can also download the episodes on the launching pad for all things Cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Get in touch with us at Cerebral at thecepodcast.com and show us all your love and affection on the socials. That's it this time around, you beautiful Cerebralites. So until next time, keep your brains warm out there. See ya.